Welcome to the Training Them Wisely podcast. I'm your host, Renee Christensen. Why do you need to read your Bible every day as a parent? Why can't you just read a verse a day, read a devotional book, listen to a sermon? Nothing wrong with doing those things, but let's look at scripture today and look at 12 reasons why we should read our Bible daily. And they're going to come from the Bible because the Bible is what tells us the truth, right? So the first one, God's word allows us to have freedom and it allows us to know the truth. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8, 31 through 32. So if we want to be discipling our children, we also want to be disciples of Jesus. And if we're disciples of Jesus, then we're going to be in the word and being in the word is a delight. So that's what we want to do. Second one, God's word enables us to handle the truth accurately. None of us want to speak untruths to our children or teach them something that's wrong. Well, the way that we make sure that we speak the truth is through the Bible. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. So whenever we want to accurately handle the word of truth or the scriptures, we need to know them. The way that we know them is by spending time in them. The third reason God's word helps us to avoid false doctrine. I have talked to so many moms and dads that have accidentally shared incorrect doctrine and they've realized it. And the re- way that we can help to avoid that error is to know the truth and to base our doctrine on what the Bible says. It says, but as for you, proclaim the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Titus 2.1. The Bible is the only way that we can know what sound doctrine is. So read the Bible. All right, the third one, or the, sorry, the fourth one. God's word provides understanding and gives direction. I love this verse from Psalm 119, 104 to 105. I gain understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love how God's word gives us light, gives us wisdom, gives us encouragement on the path of life. And we want to have our way lit as we're discipling our children, as we're going through our life and doing what God wants us to do. Number five, God's word blesses us. But one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in all he does. James 1.25. So when we are reading God's word, we don't want to hear it only. We want to also do it. We want to be doers of God's word. I'm writing the teenage version um, Philippians Bible study right now. And the application section is one of my favorite parts to be writing because we move from intellectual knowledge to application and how we can not just hear the word, but do the word also. And so as you're reading the Bible, you're able to move and be able to do the word. And when you do what the word of God tells you to do, then you're blessed. Number six, God's word increases our faith. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So this doesn't only speak about the gospel and going out and sharing it. As parents, we also need to be able to answer our children's questions. We need to be able to explain the gospel clearly to them. We need to be able to explain truths clearly to them. And the way that we do that is through scripture. And it does. It increases our faith. 
The more that we know God, the more that we know his words, the more that we see his promises, the more that we see him working throughout the Bible and in our lives, the stronger our faith is. And kids can tell our faith. They can tell what we're at. So number seven, God's word gives life and growth. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So this is a verse where Jesus and Satan, Satan was coming and tempting Jesus whenever he had been out in the wilderness. And whenever he, Satan tells him to turn the loaves into bread, Jesus responds back with this scripture that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word out of the mouth of God. So even Jesus was using these scriptures. Jesus is God. How much more do we need these scriptures in our life? So Gives us life, gives us growth. Number eight, God's word is sweet and it brings joy. I love this because being in God's word, there is nothing like it. I mean, I truly, truly love it. It's my favorite time of the day to be able to get up and spend time with God. It was awesome this morning. I got up and I was able to spend time with God in his word. And one of my little ones came out really early and he was reading and doing his quiet time with me. And we were having these sweet, precious discussions. And then he was memorizing a scripture next to me. And it just, it brought me so much joy, brought him so much joy. And that's what God's word is. It is joy. Psalm 119 again. I love Psalm 119. It's all about God's word. One of the long, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's so much about God's word. How sweet are your words to my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Dive into God's word because it's sweet and it's joyful and it's delightful to get to be in it. Number nine, God's word encourages the body of Christ. This was really fascinating to me whenever I learned about this. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Colossians 3.16. So when we read the Bible, it's not just for our benefit. Yes, I am so benefited by what I read. But at the same time, whenever that word is dwelling within me, I'm able to share it with others. I'm able to have these discussions with my kids about what I've read in his word. Whenever people contact me throughout the day, I'm able to share with them from what God has been teaching me. God's word is meant to be shared. And it benefits those around us whenever we're spending time in it. Number 10, God's word is living and active. I love this verse. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. The Bible is living and active. I have seen that in my life so many times. I can read the same scriptures over and over and over again, and God show me something different in it each time. It's amazing whenever I am going to speak on a passage of scripture and I'll read it hundreds of times sometimes. And as I do, even those last couple of times that I'm reading it, I am being shown something new. And that's because God's word is living and active. It's exactly what we need in our lives. And it shows us what's in our hearts. All right. Number 11, God's word teaches, rebukes, corrects, and trains all scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, that's saying what we need to be corrected in, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. 
So the amazing thing is that God did create us for good works. He had a purpose for our lives whenever he put us in our mother's womb. And he wants us to do these good works. And so the way that we're able to do that is through scripture. Scripture shows us how we should live our lives. Scripture encourages us. It points us in the direction that we should go. It gives us the light to our path, right? And so it is so important that we are looking in God's word so that we can teach, so that we can correct, so that we can rebuke, so that we can help our children be able to draw closer to God and desire him. And those rebukes and those corrections should be done in gentleness and grace because God's grace is lavish on us. All right. And number 12, God's word equips us to do the works he has prepared for us. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. God made you for a reason. God made you the parent that you are for a reason for the exact children that you have. You want to be in his word so that you can do that good work. So that's my encouragement to you guys today. There are so many ways that you can be in God's word, but just pick it up, read it. And as you're reading it, think to yourself, what do I learn about God? What do I learn about myself and about mankind? And how can I apply it to my life? Study his word, share it with your children, share it with others, and just enjoy it. Pray that God would help you to find the time that you need, the margin in your life, and that you would just be filled with this overwhelming desire because you so desire his word, which is so sweet and brings so much joy and so much reward. So that's my encouragement to you today and this week, every day. I want you to pick up God's word and read it, enjoy it, savor it, dwell on it because his word is living and active. His word is sweeter than honey. His word provides all that we need for us to be able to have this lamp shining in our path as we're going. It gives us the wisdom. Whenever you've got questions about your kids, how to raise them and everything else, you can find the answers you need in God's word. So that's my encouragement to you guys today. I hope that y'all have a wonderful week. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to this channel. Not meet in person or they weren't doing the outreach? Well, I think it, it has to do with relationships there because yeah. discipleship is a relationship. So whenever we went through COVID, we had these we didn't have those discipling relationships where we're having that iron sharpen iron and it did make a difference. We are really at a precipice here in America. We have got to make a change and we have to realize what our children are actually exposed to. This stat that I'm about to give you is one of my own stats. Um, I've been to about 400 houses, low-income houses in our area, and only two of those houses have had Bibles in them. Mm. That again, Zoom. Not it's sure why balloons just went up on Zoom. No balloons. This is, this is a significant statistic, even if it is just local. I'm in the Bible Belt. We're actually in the South, 6% have a biblical worldview. Overall in America, it's 4%, but in the South, it's 6%. And the reason that this is, and this is another, um, this one's done by the Cultural Research Center staff, 88% of Americans have a worldview of syncretism. And what that means is that people are agreeing with different philosophies, different religions. Um, for instance, with um, some statements that were giving 84% believed in a Marxist statement. So that you have all of these different philosophies as Americans, if it sounds good, we're not researching philosophers in general types of religions. We are literally picking and choosing. And whenever we don't have the Bible as our plumb line, 
then we have a problem because we're just looking at what we think is best rather than knowing what God's word actually says, because you can say things that sound good. Satan is excellent at half truths. And that's what a lot of philosophies are. That's what some religions are. You've got some false truths that are in there that just are things that sound good. But if you don't know the Bible, then you're going to be fooled by this. And it's, it's alarming. And when it, it's, it's easy, I feel like when we look at it to go, oh yeah, sure. We wouldn't agree with X, Y, and Z philosopher. That was garbage. But then yet we'll use other things. I know in the South, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, superstition. That's so bad. But then you listen to them and they're like, oh, don't step on the crack. Don't, don't break a mirror. Seven years of bad luck. And it's like, this is biblical, but yet it's woven into so much of daily life it is in a way that we're not using scripture and so even in subtle things it's easy now do we need to become paranoid about you know funny joking things no no <laughs> but we do don't we want need to swing take... the opposite pendulum where we're just legalistic right. don't laugh yeah no but do we need to take very seriously what is this feed source or what is shaping because some of you that are listening, you might be like worldview. Like, what does that even mean? Okay. Yeah. So worldview, what it is literally the way you are viewing the world. It's yes. how you're processing the world around you. It's how, it's what you believe. Yeah. It's how you how know what, what is morally right and wrong, how mm-hmm. you believe if you need a savior, if you don't need a savior, um, how you should interact with the world what success is in your eyes and that's Um, what's what's love yes Um, and let me just go ahead and tell you if you're not teaching your family these things from the word of god (laughs) the world is going to be teaching them and it's going to be jacked up it (laughs) is and and you have to be terrible about it you have to realize that your children are in that 1%. If you're discipling your child, they are in that 1% that would have a biblical yeah. worldview. That is a thumbs that up. Is a lot, that is a That's lot. That's balloons. <laughs> that Why is a whole lot. <laughs> That's a whole lot of other input that's coming into their lives. So it's something that, that we do need to be passing on. And there's a story in Judges about that. And I love this story in Judges because this shows such a clear example of what happens when you do or you don't um, teach what the Lord has done in his word. And the verse um, that we have for this is Judges 2.10, where it says, after that whole generation had also been gathered to their fathers, so they died, they were gone. Another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works that he had done for Israel in just one generation it changed just like that and this is why it is so important those verses in Deuteronomy you know we hear them all the time about speaking them as you pass by as you walk by having them on the doorposts but we really do have to be diligent 
or... we have to be diligent to teach them who God is and what he has done. And that can be in our own lives because we should be talking about God and what he's done regularly in our own lives, but also throughout the Bible, what he has done. Because, because then we see later in Judges 21, I mean, not very much longer. We we yeah. cycled through a couple generations. And then we have, again, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that's America today. That's what's happening in America today. We have done a yeah. horrible job of teaching people how to study God's word and of teaching them to disciple their kids. It is something that we have not done a great job on. And it's something that we very passionately, it's not hard. This is why we've been doing the what's the how to's. And we're going to go into some of that, but right now we really want to focus on the why's. It is not a difficult thing to do, but it's something that we really must do. And it's important to know that historically this does cycle this way Mm -hmm. because as we read in Ecclesiastes one nine, it says what has been is what will be. What has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So these, these cycle patterns, the only way they change is if every generation diligently stays on teaching and speaking of and training them on not just the Bible, but what the Lord is doing in their life and, and showing them how he is still actively working today. That's exactly right. And so really, this is the the, we want to see the why. The why is that historically, this is what's happened. Looking at it statistically, this is where we are. And looking at it biblically, we need to change. And so we want as parents to be a disciple of Jesus ourselves and then be able to disciple our kids. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the next couple episodes, just how we as parents need to be a disciple ourselves looking at Jesus' example as he was a disciple, but really the why it matters, because it does matter that we disciple our kids. Think about these statistics. Let them sink in. Seven out of kids right now are not going to stay in church. They're going to leave the church. As parents, it's absolutely imperative that we help our children have a biblical worldview. Having a biblical worldview is what's going to allow them to stand firm, to not be think that there's moral relativism, which is so rampant right now in our society, that belief, but instead to realize that the Bible is true. The Bible is the plumb line. The Bible is obeying. The Bible is what gives us success in our Christian life. So that that's why it's just really important that we disciple our children. And I just want to encourage you guys. If you're feeling a little bit like, oof, after hearing all these stats and you're feeling that kind of pressure, don't let it turn into condemnation from the enemy to make yes. you think that this is a hopeless situation. Or don't make it you think that it's so difficult because it's an easy thing to do. And we are going to talk more in the next episode about how that more of the hows, more of the what's, more of the um, really hands-on tangible things. But just be encouraged that these stats, if you are already discipling your kids, which there's probably a good many of you listening that are discipling your kids and you do desire for them to know and walk with the Lord. Good job. Like you are fighting the good fight. You are in the trenches. You are helping with that 1%. You are, you're doing your best to get that number higher. If there are those listening that you have been faithfully teaching Sunday school 
and you have been holding community Bible groups and you've been doing things actively to try to relationally disciple, like, thank you. Good job. Keep it up. You are not unseen. The work that you're doing for the Lord is not going to be unnoticed. It will not go unrewarded. Um, the seeds that we sow will bear fruit. And so for those of you who are like, wow, I'm not there yet. Okay. All of this and the examples that I'm giving, you can change. Yes. You can, you can do that. And so we're really excited to help as many of you as possible be actively discipling the kids in your life. And so we're really excited to talk more about that. Um, but in the meantime, we have to wrap it up for today. So feel free to go find us on Facebook. We would love for you to like our page. You can find us um, on YouTube, subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our uh, new releases for our podcasts. And feel free to go back and listen to a bunch of the old ones. Got a lot of good material in there. Um, and we look forward to speaking with you guys next time. Bye for now.